Welcome to a preview of round seven on NRL.com. My name is Chris Kennedy. With me, as always, is NRL.com crack reporter Alicia Newton. Alicia, thank you for being here. Thanks, Zeke. I always like that intro. (laughs) And uh, joining us for the first time is uh, a veteran of the rugby league media industry. A very great pleasure to welcome um, sub-editor, journalist, author, all-rounder Martin Lenahan. Marty, thank you for being here. Good to be with you, guys. Well, let's, uh, let's dive straight into some Round 7 action. Kicks off on Thursday night out there at Bluebet Stadium. Um, Alicia, why don't I start with you? You're a bit of a Panthers uh, expert as a Western Sydney local. The um, 6-0, the high-flying Panthers. Um, they lost Paul Momorowski, which I must admit I was a little bit surprised about. I thought they uh, they might get the downgrade, but they're throwing... Um, we believe Kirk Capel is probably going to go into the uh, the centres, and they've shown this year already that whoever goes out and whoever comes in, they um, they just keep on trucking. Yeah, they've got a couple of options there as well. I think, you know, Tyron May obviously starting in the centres in last year's grand final. Um, interestingly, I thought Brent Nadam would have been named in that 21 by Ivan, just just given, um, you know, Momorowski was off to the judiciary, but they obviously have a bit of faith in some of the other guys. Um, Dylan Edwards and Abby Corusau still a bit of a chance to possibly return. So that's uh, it's pretty an, an honest, really, to the Knights um, if those guys come back. And, yeah, they're just flying at the moment. They're a little bit off last week, the Penrith, but they just did enough against Brisbane. I just sort of put that down to, you know, their first trip away in over 18 months, staying overnight. Um, so, yeah, I'm expecting them in their backyard to, uh, to put on a bit of a show on Thursday night. Marty, can anyone stop the Panthers? And if anyone can, is it the Ponga-powered Knights who broke their losing streak with a pretty handy late win over the Sharks last round? Yeah, they were very good last week. And Kale and Ponga overcoming illness. He was he was unbelievable last week. The the game he produced when he wasn't even 100% right. But uh, no, I don't think they're the first team that's going to knock them off. They're, uh, they'll go 7-0, and eight, Penrith. I think, as Alicia said, back at home, huge crowd. I just think they've got too many weapons. Even with Momorowski gone, there's just so many options there. And seeing uh, Dylan Edwards and, and Appy Coruscant just lurking down there in... Uh, Jersey 20 and 21 ready to come back. So they just go from strength to strength. What about the Knights, Alicia? We saw, um, you know, Heimel Hunt went off early last week and Brody Jones produced a game. I'm not sure any of us knew he had any uh, shuffled out into the centres. I think Star Toa comes back into the lineup um, this week. They got Bradman Best back, I think, as well as Ponga uh, of late. So, um, you know, even with their their injury toll, you know, Pierce obviously still out, but they're, um, you know, getting a little bit closer to having their, their best team on the park. Yeah, it seems like when they get a couple back, they still seem to lose one during a game and have to reshuffle. So, um, but yeah, I mean, looking at the injury list, I think they've got a couple more guys due back in two or three weeks. And then it's basically only Mitchell Pierce that's got to come back. So if they can just get through this period, I think the big thing for them is playing away. They've really struggled to do that on the road is put in a performance like we saw against the Sharks where they're, bit undermanned but they just played with a lot of spirit they obviously got touched up against the titans so um this is probably you know one of the toughest road trips um easily of the past 18 months um but i take a bit of encouragement in that the only team that did not lose to penrith last year was indeed the knights uh 14 or draw 14 or draw yeah yeah um but again i I just don't think they're gonna get there on this occasion 
Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm tipping the Panthers as well. Marty, Friday afternoon footy kicks off with the Titans and the Rabbitohs. Titans, a lot of steps forward this year and then a huge step backwards against the Seagulls last year. They went from being absolute world beaters a week earlier against the Knights to um, just crumbling in the face of a, um, a turbocharged Manly last weekend. You expecting much of a bounce back from them up against a, a south side that, um, speaking of judiciary, has lost Latrell Mitchell um, for a month? Certainly back at home, you'd expect CK. The Titans will uh, bounce back. That was hard to believe. They got uh, blanked last week in Mudgee, and it was all Tommy Turbo. Honestly, you, you wouldn't believe a bloke who'd been out for so long could uh, produce a game that good and just lift all the guys around him. So, look, the Titans are going to improve, no doubt, this week, and uh, they'll need to. I mean, South Sydney, obviously, Latrell is a big loss. Uh, he was... He had some issues last uh, last Saturday night in that game. It's cost him pretty heavily. He's going to miss a month, can't win the Dally M. So uh, a bit for him to ponder. But I do expect a, a big bounce back from the Gold Coast. But uh, they've also been hit by the judiciary with uh, Big Dino out for a couple of weeks. And that's going to hurt them. Alicia, the um, the Bunnies, they've got Alex Johnston at fullback. They've also lost Josh Mansour uh, off a wing Um Jackson Paula comes back into the side uh, for him, but they uh, they have been very impressive for, for most of this season and uh, a few depth options around the squad. So they uh, they do have candidates, you know, handy candidates to come into the side. Yeah, absolutely. The depth we've spoken about in the past couple of podcasts, the depth's there and doesn't really matter who goes out of their team. They're always going to put in a, a good performance. I actually heard a little room. I don't know how accurate it is, but Cody Walker trained a bit at fullback this week. So it'd be interesting if, you know, if there is a bit of a shuffle there and you, you've got Benji to start in that number six jersey. So might be a bit of a watch this space on that one. But um, yeah, I don't think they've lost up there on the Gold Coast for nearly 10 years. I think I was reading as well. So um, it's still, there's still going to be a handy side. And and interesting just around the Latrell um, reception, I guess, to, to that band, just how much. I mean, if anything's probably going to cost South this year, it is their discipline. So you'd rather them, though, however, get that out of the way, you know, this sort of period of the year and not necessarily towards the end when it when it really matters. Marty, we've obviously Trell, um, you know, it's a huge blow. Dally M-wise, I don't imagine that'll be at the forefront of his uh, thinking at the moment, but um, potentially origin implications as well. Is it too early in the season to start talking about whether this is going to cost him a, uh, a return to the Blues setup? Oh, no, look, I think uh, origin's coming around pretty quickly and it's something that he would have liked to uh, be thinking about. Obviously, he was in the side a couple of years ago and then went out and... Uh, I suppose for him now settling in so well at fullback and there's a bloke called Tedesco and another guy called Pappenhausen uh, probably got the, the jump on him there at fullback. So, look, I think a month out for him is a huge blow for South and, and I'm sure Wayne Bennett will just have a word to him. He plays his best footy probably when he is on the edge, when he's aggressive, he likes to take the game up to his opponents, but uh, just went a little bit too far last week and that's, uh, you know, that's a big stretch out of a season to be gone for four games. So, Sure, he'll give it a bit of thought while he's out and, uh, you know, look out when he comes back. Just on the game, how do you see South adapting? Are you tipping them to keep it rolling against the Titans or are you tipping a, a Titan bounce back? Uh, look, I'm a South for the Premiership, man, CK, so I'm going to have to say they can win this one. Uh, I do expect, as I said, a big hit back from the Titans at home. But I think South, they've just got that that uh, variety there. As Alicia mentioned, even Cody Walker, I, I guess it would be a shock if he played at fullback, but they've got players there. Benji's been great this year. I think they can uh, they can adapt with a couple of players out and they'll be too good. Alicia? 
I'm expecting a bit of a Titans bounce back even without Tino there, but I just feel like they're going to be that team that's just so up and down this year. You don't know what you're going to get from them. So, um, yeah, South for me up there. Um, but I think it's going to be close. It's going to yeah. be a tight one. I'm a bit the same. I think Titans will be a lot better, but probably not quite good enough to topple the uh, the Bunnies. Um, second Friday game, the Eels hosting the Broncos up there in uh, Darwin. Um, Marty, the, the Broncos vastly improved um, last weekend, but uh, Eels themselves were certainly a lot better last round than they were uh, getting dusted by the Dragons a week earlier. So um, what are you expecting from this one? Yeah, they were devastating Parramatta, I think. Look, I gave them a pretty good chance down in Canberra. I thought they could win, but uh, not like that. That was uh, Mitch Moses' probably his best game in the number seven for a long time. They were fantastic. Look, obviously, Brisbane, Kevy Walters was was desperate to see something out of them, and he got it. They pushed Penrith all the way, and for a lot of that game, looked like they could get up. So some really positive signs there, I think, in the halves, particularly where he... He made his move on Anthony Milford and he would have been pretty happy, I think, with what he saw there. And his forwards took the game up to uh, to a, a big opponent in Penrith. But I, you know, I do think that uh, Parramatta have just got too much power there and they'll be too strong. Alicia, uh, Dylan Brown back from suspension uh, into the lineup. They won pretty handily um, without him, regardless. Probably another one of those teams where the, the fill-ins have done well. You know, Isaiah Papali'i starting for Ryan Madison in, in recent weeks has been devastating on an edge as well. Um, are, are you seeing the Broncos giving them much of a challenge or you think Eels will um, be far too good? Well, look, I think the Dragons a few weeks ago sh- sort of showed the way. You know, if you can match match the Eels up front, then you got every chance. Um, I think it, it definitely is still going to come down to what the halves do, um, the Broncos halves do against against a pretty decent sort of back five in the Eels. Um, but, yeah, I mean, going up there, getting away, I guess, from Brisbane and plenty away from it. But I think um, on this occasion, the Eels, you know, they're taking their home game away and they want to be putting in a good performance up there to back up that, that Raiders effort because... It was, as, as Marty mentioned, one of probably their best efforts um, for the past couple of years, really, to head down to Canberra and, and um, put some points on, but just in that fashion. And talk about, we talk about Isaiah Papali'i. Like, for me, he's probably been the buyer of the year so far. He's just um, come from nowhere. And if you're a Warriors fan, you're a little bit like, oh, where was this, you know, when he first came yeah. on the scene down there? Um Marty, the, the Broncos halves we already touched on, but I thought Brody Croft had probably his best game in a while. Milford, as you mentioned, out of the team. Um, they brought in Danny Levi sort of very uh, short notice, which is a little bit of an odd move given Jake Turpin didn't seem to be struggling too much getting through those uh, 80 minutes. Do you see this sort of affecting the, the team structure much? Well, that was a bit of a left field one, wasn't it, to see uh, Danny Levi has been playing for North Devils. We, we've seen what he can do over the last few years. He's a pretty handy player, but... As you mentioned, Jake Turpin was there. He's been uh, he's been in their system and playing for a long time. So, look, obviously, Kevy has seen something in uh, Danny Levi that he thinks he can add to the team. He's, he's a hard man. Like he'll he'll work hard around the rucks and he'll make plenty of tackles. And if he can give him a bit of a spark as, as someone new in the side, then that'll be a huge benefit to them. So, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a left field one as a signing uh, this week, but be interesting to see. And as you said, the halves were certainly vastly improved and. As Alicia mentioned about matching, you know, in the forwards with Parramatta, I think Payne Haas, Matt Lodge, those sort of guys were excellent last week, played a lot better than they have been. They're just going to have to power up again. And uh, that's the only way that Brisbane will be able to match them, I think, if they can if they can go level in the forwards there. All right, finish with a tip. Who you got? Uh, Parramatta will be winning that one pretty easily, I think. Alicia? Yep. Parramatta for me. 
Saturday footy uh, kicks off at 5.30pm down there in Cogra. The Sharks hosting the Bulldogs. Um, Marty, I'll start with you. Cronulla, um, been in the headlines for plenty of reasons the last couple of weeks. Uh, John Morris moved on. Now Chad Townsend uh, is leading for the Cowboys at the end of the season. Um, up against a dog side that will probably be disappointed with the uh, the way last weekend finished. Uh, really fired up once Jack Hetherington was sent off and, and threatened to come back, but uh, weren't quite able to get it done. What are you expecting from this one? Look, I think Cronulla, I mean, they've put in a couple of really good performances, but they just, they can't get across the line. They'll be trying to work out how that Roosters game ever got away from them. And they also had the Knights down and out before uh, Brody Jones and Kalen Ponga sort of manufactured that last try and stole that win. So I think they will have taken a fair bit out of those games. They didn't get the points, but they've got uh, Sean Johnson on his way back. He's there on the interchange bench. He hasn't played since late last year. I think that's a huge in for them. So... I do expect Cronulla, I think, you know, this is obviously a game they're going to think they can win. Poor old Bulldogs sort of still looking for that first win. So I think even without Wade Graham, who they're being very cautious with, which is important with his concussion, I still think that uh, Cronulla is going to pack too much power. Alicia, the Bulldogs, um, you know, they've lost Jack Hetherington for five weeks to a suspension, but um, probably showed a few signs once he was sent off last week, started to play some um, a bit more, I, I guess, aggressive and attacking Football, you know, Jake Avarillo starting to find his feet a little bit at 5'8". You're seeing any any positive signs for the Bulldogs at the moment? Yeah, I think, I mean, for the Bulldogs, you know, and we mentioned it several times in, on this podcast, that it's going to be a very slow burn for them. So you sort of take your positives the best way you can. I thought when Hetherington did go off, I thought the team responded quite well. You know, a lot of teams just get blown away straight away, but they... They muscled up and put a few points on the board. They probably, the game plan probably went out the window and they could just play their footy, which is something that we don't really see too much of from Canterbury. They're usually very structured and all about completions. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, if we can go back to a trial game six weeks ago, they did have a little gritty win against the, the Sharks. So that's something for them. But, um, you know, I think they're going to need a lot more from their from their forwards just, just to match that Sharks pack and, um, you know, just a bit more X factor around their their back line and, and the halves. I think Jake Avrilo, as you mentioned, has been playing quite well since he's come back from that that ankle injury. And um, you know, a bit was made about Kyle Flanagan's game. You know, they they just need to come up with a couple of bit, bit better answers. You know, last play options and, and all that sort of stuff. So um, if they can get a bit more create creativity around their around their style of play, then um, who knows? They might they might actually test the the sharks in that area. What do you make of the Marty? They're struggling a little bit for uh, consistency. They've had three different uh, fullbacks this year. They've had, you know, Josh Jackson's out injured. They've got ABC Manifanai making his club debut. Matt Dury, first game of the year. Chris Smith starting on an edge, I think, for the first time this year. Corey Waddell going to locks. There's been changes in the forwards and in the backs and in the halves. It's, um, you know, it, as much as they had a few positive signs in that second half last week, it, it makes it hard to get some consistency together. It does. And I think, yeah, if you want to talk about positives, some points at least, some points against Melbourne, even though they were pretty easily beaten and, and a few more points last week. So at least when you get that confidence that you can get the ball to the try line and you can you can score a try, that'll be helping. But there's just been so much uh, shuffling around, as you said, for, for Trent Barrett to try and work with. It. At the very least, if you can get a consistent side on the field and work out a game plan, then you can sort of, you know, you can, you can work out where you're going. And that's been the problem for them, I think, uh, Unfortunately for Alicia and the Bulldogs, the preseason must seem a, a very long time ago. I'd like the positivity, but uh, yeah, look, I think they their first win is not going to come this week. I think Cronulla, 
they're they're ready. They've shown enough in the last fortnight that they can uh, they can sort of get one up, and they, and they need to. They've they've had a couple of games they let slip. They won't let this one go. Alicia, another tip for the Sharks? Yep, Sharks for me. Sharks for me as well. Second Saturday game, the Cowboys hosting the Raiders up there in Townsville, Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Uh, Alicia, Cowboys probably should have beaten the Bulldogs by more last week, given the uh, Jack Hetherington send-off with 25 to go. Uh, Todd Payton not too happy with the way they uh, let it slip a bit at the end, although you know you can't sneeze at back-to-back wins from where they were uh, a fortnight prior to that. Yeah, I was going to say, for a win, he was still pretty animated after a game, wasn't he? He was. Mm. You'd think that they'd lost if he sort of tuned in halfway through. But, um, you know, I think at this point of the season, you just take that win and you move on, If you're, especially if you're the Cowboys who have struggled in recent weeks. Um, I think with the news of Michael Morgan retiring and they've actually had a bit of time to sort of, you know, get a new spine together and it's actually um, it started to work well. You know, Benny Hampton there in the at halfback, I think, um, you know, that's that's the spine set now. They've obviously got Chad Townsend coming in next year, so they know where their future is in that regard. And, um, you know, I, I guess I guess for them it's just about effort, right? Like we've seen, we've seen them against the top teams sort of really struggle and now it's a matter of, you know, they're up against a Raiders outfit that is going to be pretty annoyed coming off two, two losses. And I guess it's how they respond to that as well and how they sort of put in back-to-back performances after... Uh, I guess, clawing their way past the Bulldogs last week on home turf. Marty, what do you make of the Raiders? That Ricky Stewart press conference after the Eels game was about as harsh as I've seen a coach be on players in a post game, calling out, you know, not by name, but saying there were individuals who are basically happy to pull on an NRL jersey and you know think they're an NRL player and have other people sort of do all the work. Uh, we've seen a number of changes this week, a couple injury-enforced, a couple um, selection uh, decisions. What, what do you think is going to happen with the Raiders? Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it, about Ricky? Like, he, he's renowned for bending his players, he'll back them to the hilt. So you're right, he didn't come out and uh, name any players, as we saw. I mentioned Todd Payton. Well, he did that a few weeks ago with Jason Taumalolo, and he's done it with some other guys. So Ricky keeps that in-house, but you're in no doubt as to how he felt about the way they played. And many changes. I think, obviously, Josh Hodson being injured is a huge one for them to, to have to overcome. And, um, look, I think they're going to do it tough. It's a, it's a tough road trip to go up to Townsville. I think however the Cowboys have won, they've won two games and that's what they needed to do. They weren't great wins, but they've got them on the board. They get a bit of confidence. I think the Townsend signing, just have them walking a bit taller as they sort of look ahead to next year. So I think it's a massive challenge for for Canberra to go up there and try and hear what Ricky said, turn things around. They'll work a lot harder. They'll play better, but I really see it as as a big danger game for them. What do you make of the narrative that um, Josh Hodgson potentially, I, I guess, overplays his hand a little bit or, or gets in the halves way a little bit and it could potentially be a better fit for George Williams and Jack White just having Tom Starling getting them some some quick ball rather than Hodgson doing the extra ball playing? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, obviously, they played without Josh Hodgson last year and they had to. I mean, he was injured and it was... I, I, look, I think they need him in the side. I think he's an absolute gun player. I think they're good enough, those three blokes you mentioned, the playmakers, to work this out. They just have to, you know, they have to manage who's, who's in control of the game, what Josh is going to do. But they're an infinitely better side with him on the field. So I think they can just, uh, I'll work out how that works. You know, Jack White is a gun player. But I think they'll sort it. I think he has to be on the field, Josh, so they will miss him for this couple of weeks. All right, finish with a tip. Who you got? 
I'm going to tip the Cowboys a bit of an upset there. As I said, I think they they've right. got two wins. That's that's got them rolling. They had to get on the board. It's in Townsville. I just think they might be able to do something this weekend. Alicia, I've gone with the Green Machine. Um, I don't agree either with those Hodgson comments around you know that he's holding them back, so to speak. But I think it's it's going to take a bit of time for him. I mean, he's you know coming back from that ACL. They usually say it takes twelve months to actually get over one after you're on the field. So, um, yeah, I'm expecting the Raiders to play a bit more up-tempo and respond um, to Ricky's comments last week. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm tipping the Raiders as well, but I'm, uh, yeah, not with any great confidence. I'm curious to see how this one pans out. Um, Sunday footy, there's a triple header. It's Anzac Day. Um, The West Tigers and the Seagulls kick things off at 145 at uh, Bankwest Stadium. Alicia, Tigers uh, in 15th as we sit here on the uh, the live ladder. Probably haven't been the, the second worst team of the year, though. They've been, you know, in contests and, you know, ran south right to the you know absolute absolute death uh last week a ridiculous finish there and ran the eels close you know just before that so um yeah a little bit i guess you could argue a bit unlucky to be as low as they are on the ladder but they run into a a seagulls team that were horrible for a month but now suddenly full of confidence it's a weird one isn't it because you know a lot of people didn't really have the tigers in, in the top eight and probably had them where they are now but they certainly haven't been playing that way you know for a 15th base team and these last week, they're unlucky. I mean, if Luke Brooks scores that try, you know, at the end, we're sort of saying it's on South how silly it was that they didn't actually, you know, play to the whistle. So, um, yeah, I mean, but that's footy, isn't it? And Michael Maguire's face, which sort of tells it all at the current situation they're in. I think they just need a bit of luck. I actually have tipped them this week to, to uh, if they could just reproduce what they did, the effort against South, I think they'll have a bit too much for, for Manly. But, um. They're showing signs. It's just going to take a bit of time for them. But um, I like the current lineup that they have. Um, I expect Joey Leilua to come back in for Michael Cheekham. But, um, yeah, I think that's probably one of their strongest lineup they could possibly field. And, and Reese, um, sorry, Jake Simpkin had just, you know, added hell of a lot last week as well. I think just around the ruck, they were a lot more quicker. So, um, yeah, it should be a great game. And as you mentioned, Manly are back in the, back in the frame and Tommy's working his magic. Marty, you touched on Tommy earlier. Have you seen a single player have such a dramatic influence on a on his club, whether he's in or out week to week? No, man. Certainly not in the last five or ten years. I wouldn't have thought he. Uh, you know, they they kept saying week after week how much they needed him, and you just wouldn't believe he could make that much difference to the things he did himself. Tries he scored, tries he set up, but you can just tell. I mean, people often talk about the the confidence it gives players when they look around in a dressing room and see a, a certain player. We normally, I guess, relate that to the forwards, the enforcers, people you want to be playing alongside. But in this case, it's it's Tom at, uh, at Manly. He just gave him a lift. I think his brother, Jake, had been looking a bit down, like he had the, the weight of the world on his shoulders. He was a, a freer man last week in Mudgee. They were just a different side. So, look, based on last week's games of these two sides, this suddenly uh, has a whole lot more appeal, I think, than it would have, say, a fortnight ago. So... Anzac Day footy, always brilliant. Can't wait for it. But I, I think Manly can actually keep on going. It'll, it'll be tight, but I think Manly can uh, can keep on rolling. Well, that's a tip for Manly. Uh, Alicia, who are you going for? I went for the Tigers. I think they're due. And if they play like they did last week, they should be too good. 
I am. Uh, I think I'm with Marty. I'm going to tip uh, Manly. The you know, re- reinvigoration from Turbo at the back, uh, the, the flow and effect for the rest of the team. Tigers, well and truly up for the South game. Uh, that disappointment. I don't know how they're going to uh, recover from that one. So uh, not with any great confidence, but I will tip Manly. The uh, second of the uh, Anzac Day triple headers is the Roosters and the Dragons, the traditional clash at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Um, Marty, I'll start with you. Obviously, I'm um, seeing some some incredible performances from you know teams and players lift for this contest over the years. If you told me you know a month ago we'd sort of have two teams pretty level pegging going in, I would have I wouldn't have believed you. I would have thought the um, the Roosters would be a dollar and five for this one. But Dragons have been super impressive. The Roosters have been rocked by injuries, although they do. Um, they did get a, a slice of luck with Victor Adley successful at the judiciary this week, so he's available. And uh, Sam Beryl's returns from injury at hooker, although it is his first game, obviously, after a long layoff. So, um, you know, how do you see this one panning out? Yeah, round seven last year for Sam. So uh, that's a that's a big layoff. It'll be interesting to see how much footy he can play. Just one of the great days on the, on the calendar to be out at the SCG for this one. As you said, it's suddenly got much bigger billing. The way the Dragons have played, winning four out of their last five, they're going to have to turn around. I think last week they probably turned up thinking they would beat the Warriors. I think they they didn't earn the right to go out wide. That the Warriors played them up the middle, completed 40 out of 40, which is just unheard of. Dragons just tried to spin the ball the whole day. So I think they'll go back to what was working for them more with their forwards. And this is going to be a really good contest. I think uh, I think the Dragons can go in really confident knowing that uh, they've, they've come up with a method to beat a couple of sides they didn't expect to beat. Their forwards were brilliant against Parramatta and they'll need to be again if they're going to uh, take the Roosters down. Alicia, the Dragons, a uh, little bit of surprising news this week. Trent Merrin announcing his immediate retirement. Not sure how much of a factor the uh, Josh Maguire recruitment uh, has been in that, but um, I guess it doesn't really change much for them structurally uh, in terms of their, their forward pack, which has certainly been getting the job done, but uh, interesting one nonetheless. Yeah, I don't think anyone had that coming, nor did we have John Morris coming as well a couple of weeks ago. So it's just, you never know with rugby league what could happen the following week, but um yeah, I mean, Trent Marin, 250, and he's out. He's out of it. He's done. So I guess when you know, you know, time's up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Josh Josh Maguire coming in, he showed some glimpses of, you know, what he was capable of last week, but he'll only get better um, with more game time against under the belt at, at the Red V. And, um, yeah, they, they've just got to sort of, again, we go back to the forwards battle, but that's where it sort of starts for the Dragons, and, and they probably weren't there um, against the Warriors last week, and that's where they got bitten a little bit. Um on the scoreboard, but um, yeah, I just think, and, and Ben Hunt obviously is a bit 50-50. I spoke to him on Monday and he he was sort of like, oh, I had a bit of a run and pulled up a bit sore. So I'm, I'm going to say he's a bit doubtful at this this stage. Um, he was supposed to have a training session on Wednesday and if he got through that all right and pulled up okay, then he was going to take his place. Um, but at this point of the year, you don't really risk an injury like that. Um, but nevertheless, Adam Clune's been playing quite well alongside Corey Norman. And, um, yeah, interestingly, too, th- this game, like, it doesn't matter where these teams are on the ladder, right? Like, it's always mm. been like that. But this, obviously, in this case, coming off losses for each and, um, you know, both teams are in the top eight. So it's, it's definitely one that you, you want to win, and especially in such a big occasion like this. 
Marty, the halves battle, it's, you know, Clune's been good, as Alicia mentioned, but Ben Hunt coming back, if he is able to come back, will be absolutely massive for the Dragons, whereas the, the Roosters obviously got the, the hotshot rookie in Sam Walker uh, doing his best alongside the journeyman Drew Hutchison with uh, Luke Keary and Lachlan Lamb, both sidelines. So whoever gets the best out of their halves, you know, it's obviously a big forward battle, but the halves will be key, obviously, as well. Yeah, not the names we would have expected uh, a few weeks ago or at the start of the year to see in the halves in this game. Sammy Walker, he just looks a superstar, doesn't he? Obviously, he's, he's working his way in, but what he did against Cronulla was phenomenal a couple of weeks ago. He looks like he's just got the goods. This will be a fantastic test for him. As Alicia mentioned, I think Adam Clune has been quite good when uh, the first game with Ben Hunt out, I think they went to Newcastle. I didn't think they could win without Ben Hunt. They did. Clune's been pretty serviceable. Corey Norman is a guy that they just need to be. When he finds consistency, he, he can be fantastic. He can drift in and out of games. So it's a really interesting battle with a, with a very young halfback at the Roosters and a, and a bit of a, I guess, Adam Clune is not a, a regular first grader. So, you know, they're going to need whichever one of those halves gets their forwards. I think Paul Vaughan getting back to something like origin form for him, if he can take the Dragons forward and give their guys a bit of a platform, they can certainly, uh, they can certainly win the game. Uh, are you tipping them or are you on the fence? No, I'll tip the Dragons. I think, they, uh, think they'll think they take a lot out of last week. I think Anthony Griffin would have had a really good look at that game and and just worked out that their their method that it was working for them, they went away from and they'll go back to the, the forward battle and uh, take the Roosters on there and I think they can win. Alicia, who have you got? I tip, I tip the Roosters. Um, I thought last week, obviously, they conceded a few points against Melbourne, but they were, they were in that for a bit until the second half was come up with too many errors. So they can hold the ball early. I think defensively they've got enough to hold the Dragons down. I'm a bit worried about the Roosters. They were strangely scrappy in that game. As you know, as well as they defended for for long periods, they um, they really sort of got away from you know, Roosters' type of footy. I'm uh, I'm leaning towards the Dragons in a bit of an upset as well. Uh, the round finishes off with the Storm and the Warriors, another traditional Anzac Day clash, uh, Sunday evening down there in Melbourne. Marty, the Storm um, have looked pretty close to unstoppable since um, you know those narrow losses to the Eels and Panthers earlier in the year. Are you expecting them to be far too good for the Warriors? Or you think the uh, the Kiwis will find something? Oh, they always find something. They love playing Melbourne. They love this occasion. I think uh, obviously Ryan Pappenhausen being out is a big blow for Melbourne. Although they do seem to just uh, adapt when a star player is missing. Nico Hines is is rock solid, but you you don't replace a guy like Pappenhausen too easily. So they will expect a real contest from the Warriors. They'll know exactly how the Warriors are going to come at them. As I said, they've got a great record down there. They love playing against Melbourne, but I would expect, I think, on the back of what Melbourne did last week, I think they, they were phenomenal, really, against the Roosters, and you'd expect them to sort of roll along with it. It'll be, again, a great occasion on uh, on Anzac Day, another big crowd, but it's a Melbourne... Well, it's a Melbourne crowd, but it's also quite often a, a heavily uh, Warriors pro yeah. crowd down there as well. So it'll be a great occasion, but I do expect Melbourne to uh, to be just a bit too good. Alicia, the Warriors, uh, it was 40 out of 40 completions last week. I don't know if that's, I think that's been done in, in the NRL era. They are, their ball handling or their ball discipline was uh, phenomenal and they were pretty impressive against the Dragons. What are you expecting from them backing up against the Storm this week? Yeah, gee, if they can back that up with that completion rate, then Melbourne will be in for a tight battle. Um, yeah, I mean, so it was around seven last year that was when they get got absolutely you know, against the Storm and you, you felt really sorry for them because obviously away from home, but obviously circumstances have changed since then. And um, 
they're just going to keep sort of upsetting teams, aren't they? I think like after everyone wrote them off last week against the Dragons, they've come out and it's sort of shown that they've, they've got a bit left in them yet. Um, I'm interested to see how Jack Mochi goes um, in the centres. He's been named. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Obviously, they are a bit light on outside backs. Um, but as far as their, you know, their forward pack is, is just motoring along at this point and, you know, if they can keep doing that and sort of match the storm, who don't have Ryan Pappenhausen, you know, floating around the back and in the middle to, to put some points on, so that will change. But, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty tough, tough mission down there. Um, for any team, but let alone the Warriors who have got a few out at the moment. All right, finish this off with a tip. Are you uh, sticking with the Storm, Alicia? Yep, Storm for me. Marty? Yeah, I think the Storm, I think uh, Harry Grant, Brandon Smith, the, the double lap there, I think they've just got a bit too much uh, potency for the Warriors, but it'll be a good contest. I'm, uh, I'm leaning towards the storm as well, although I would love to see the uh, the Warriors continue to spring upsets. Uh, that brings us to the end of all eight games for a, uh, a pretty exciting Anzac Round 7 up ahead. Uh, thank you, Alicia, and thank you, Marty, both for joining us, and thank you to everyone for listening. <laughs>